Welcome to Faith City Outreach, where your host, Marina Maria, reaches out to the world to discuss Christian topics and providing biblical solutions, as well as praying for the nations. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. The music in this broadcast is provided courtesy of Zapsplat.com. Now, here is your host, Marina Maria. This is Marina Maria with today's returning guest, Pastor Marcus Collins from All Tribes Christian Fellowship in Phoenix, Arizona. Thank you for being here today, Pastor Marcus, to share a sermon about partnering with other churches in ministry. Hi, this is Pastor Marcus from All Tribes Christian Fellowship, and I'm here tonight to to do a lesson on uh, partnering with other churches in ministry and it is a biblical um, response in, in the Bible, and so I just want to look at some scriptures tonight and then share with you our personal experience and uh, what the fruit may come out of when you're willing to go across uh, all types of boundaries and obstacles and denominations to be able to partner with other people. So I first want to look at some scripture, and tonight I want to start with Philippians uh Chapter 1, verse 1 through 5, and says, Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy. Verse 5, for your fellowship and the gospel from the first day until now. So I'm just going to stop there, and we're going to look at that word fellowship, the fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Now, a lot of times, churches, we like to uh, look at fellowship as having potlucks and stuff like that. And so when you look at the, the word fellowship in the uh, Greek, it's koinonia. Now, koinonia has been around for many years. Back in the 80s and 90s, you had koinonia small groups pop up and uh, small uh, home groups pop up and things like that. And it evolved around uh, Bible studies, but a lot of it had to do with, with food and potlucks and, and uh, those type of fellowship. But quantania is a, a very in-depth word in the Greek. And, it, and so it's not just fellowship, meaning um, having, you know, People come over and you're laughing and talking and having food and things like that, but it goes lots more in depth. The Strong's definition of quantania has two definitions. The first one is to come into communion or fellowship with, and that's what most churches do. That we want to come in fellowship and and uh, and you know whether it's, it's around food or whatever, but that, but it stop but they stop there. But the definition, the way it is used in Jesus' time, it goes on. It says to become a sharer or to be made a partner. To come a sharer, be made a partner. Quantania is actually, when you look in the depths of quantania, it's actually a business turn. Uh, it's not just uh, a thing for food and having fun, things like that. It's actually a business turn that uh, invites you to become a sharer or a partner. Uh, the second definition means to enter into a fellowship or join 
oneself to an associate, make oneself a sharer or a partner. And so this is this second definition is has to be intentional. So the way I look at it and interpret this is that uh, when you decide to uh, become a partner with someone, you're taking on the definition of number two. You want to enter into a fellowship. You want to uh, uh, oneself to be associate or make oneself a sharer or a partner with somebody else. That's something that you decide to do. That's something that you decide intentionally to do. And when you have come to that point to be intentional, to have a partnership with another church, another organization, then you kick into definition number one. You invite them into that partnership. You invite them to become a sharer, or you invite them to make them a partner with you for uh, whatever ministry or project that you decide to do. And so let's look at Philippians 4. Same chapter, but uh, chapter 4, verses 14 and 15. So now this is at the end of the book of Philippians. First, at the beginning of Philippians, Paul says, I appreciate you. You're willing to fellowship with us. You're willing to partnership with us for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now at the end of his book to the church of Philippi, he says, Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress, or you've Koinonia in my distress. You partnered with in my distress. Now you Philippines or Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but only you. So he he was telling them that I appreciate your partnership with me. I appreciate your being be willing to share with me in my distress, and also as I went out to plant churches in Macedonia and with the Gentiles, you partner with me in those planting of those churches. It's interesting that uh, Paul's first church uh, in, in Philippi, you know, the church here in Philippi, it, it, came, it came from uh, a multicultural background. So, the Church of Philippi, the first church that was planted to the Gentiles, it was a multicultural church. I'm not going to read these verses, but I, I will give to you the the context or the uh, chapters it's in. But in the Acts chapter 16, verse 13, uh, the first Gentile church, uh, it talks about women, Jews, and Gentiles. The first convert, Lydia, a Gentile businesswoman, and then her entire household, her family, her staff, and her servants, got saved and came into the church. Acts 16, 16 through 24, the deliverance of a demon-possessed slave girl, beating and an imprisonment. Um, she came into the church in, in, in uh, Acts 16, 25, 34, having joy and rejoicing in prison, a conversion of a jailer in an entire household. So when Paul was in prison, uh, the, the, the jailer got saved and the entire household got saved and entered into that church. And then in Acts 16.40, it says brethren, which means that sons of Israel, but it includes both men and women. So the first Gentile church was a multicultural church. It had men and women, Jews and Gentiles, businesswomen, 
uh, jailers and uh, the demonic people that got delivered and saved. And so that should be the representation of churches today. And so uh, we need to go back to scripture and see what scripture has stated. And so when uh, uh, in 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 6, Paul was talking to the Corinth church about uh, the need that uh, the, the church back in Jerusalem, they were in need of finances. And he was telling them that the Macedonia church, that the church in Macedonia, they were in distress, they were in poverty, but yet in their distress and, and in their poverty, verse 4, it says, uh, they, the Macedonia church says to Paul that we want to fellowship or we want to share in the ministry to the saints. We want to partnership. Even though we are in distress and we are poor and we are broken, uh, we still want to take up a love offering to, to share and to partner with the Jerusalem church. And so Paul was using their example to the church of Corinth and said, if they can do it, then I challenge and command you as the Corinth church to be willing to share and partner with the Jerusalem church. So we see throughout scripture that, uh, especially in the New Testament, that God intention was to have koinonia, not just fellowship around food and Bible study, but go beyond that into prayer and finances and partnership and help get the gospel spread, help plant churches and things like that. And so that was God's role model. That is his model of the New Testament church. And I think over the years we have kind of lost that and we have became into our own uh, defined denominations, into our own defined culture groups and things like that. And so, but I think if we return back to the heart of God, return back to where God wants us, then we will uh, come back to where we will see the signs and wonders and miracles take place because God is a God of uh, partnership and sharing to other churches, other ministries, that the kingdom of God can grow and uh, light can be, be taken into places of darkness and the salvation of Jesus Christ can enter into it. Chris Brogan, which happens to be a business consultant, he's with uh, in social media and other things like that. He he stated that business partnership in my lingo means a relationship where both entities work alongside each other to satisfy the goals of the organization. And so we can look at that definition, even apply it to the church, that a church partnership means a relationship with both entities works alongside each other to satisfy the goals of the project or the church plant, or the outreach, or whatever the project may be. And so uh, I would give you an example that uh, what all tribes have has done. We have partnership with many organizations, many churches across denominations, but I think the biggest one that kind of shows how extreme that it could be is that um, we were in, we're a Native American church, uh, low-income, uh, Pentecostal, in the central corridor of Phoenix, Arizona. And so we were invited to be part of a, a um, Christmas outreach in South Phoenix. 
And uh, part of that outreach was going to take place with Scottsdale Bible Church. And so Scottsdale Bible Church and one of their members, they knew who we were. They contacted us and said, hey, would you like to, enjoy, uh, to join us in this outreach to a elementary school in South Phoenix during Christmas time? And they said, sure, what do you want us to do? And they said, we know you guys make great fried bread. Come down and make fried bread for these people. And so we did. And so that was our first partnership, which that continued over uh, three or four years. We did that Christmas program with Scottsdale Bible. But it wasn't just a Christmas program. Over the years, Scottsdale Bible sent a team out to our church, a youth group, out to our church to uh, be part of our youth group. And then they had a Sunday school class that was talking, uh, were studying cross-cultural and different people's group and their Sunday school class came to our church and was part of our church on a Sunday morning. And then uh, recently, just a couple years ago, Scottsdale Bible Church was remodeling their sanctuary and we needed some pews. And so I contacted Scottsdale Bible, not knowing that they were going to be remodeling their sanctuary. And they say, you know what? We have, they must have literally hundreds of pews in their, their main sanctuary and they took all those pews and donated them to all the Native American churches that needed pews across the state. Not just donated them, but they uh, actually brought them to the church and set them up within the church. And so, so think about this partnership we have had. We had partnership with them with Christmas parties, uh, helping the community with Christmas parties, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then uh, youth groups being coming together, Sunday school classes coming together, them helping us out with the pews. So here again, we're a Native American Pentecostal church in the central Phoenix, uh, low income, low finances. And here, Scottsdale Bible in Scottsdale, non-Pentecostal, probably the wealthiest church in Arizona. But yet, even though um, we're, we were everything that you can think of, from finances to demographics to location, we were totally opposite but we had came together in a partnership um, many times. And so, so that's just the power of partnership. So what are some of the fruitfulness of our partnership? Well, some of the fruit, fruitfulness of partnership is, one, the joy of partnership. First uh, John 1, 3 and 4 uh, talks about our fellowship with God and our fellowship with one another. So partnership, fellowship, quantania is a horizontal for us with one another here on earth and other churches and other ministry, as well as being vertical with our fellowship with Jesus and God and the Trinity. And so a lot of times we're good with the vertical uh, partnership and fellowship, but we're not so good with the horizontal partnership. And then verse four goes on to say that states uh, that partnering brings us full joy. So think about that. The fellowship or partnering with other people brings you full joy. If you're listening to this podcast and you guys have been doing ministry and work and you're working hard, but there's something miss, missing, there's just a piece of your ministry is missing, maybe it's because you need to go out and find a partner and do something with, with a partnership that's going to bring you the full joy, not just partial joy. Or even if you're a big church, a mega church, and everything seems to be going right and going great for you, and you have all these programs and stuff, the Bible says when you partner in fellowship, 
truly with other people, horizontal and vertical, that's what brings full joy. So there's a joy of partnership. The second thing is power and strength of partnership. We see this throughout the Old Testament. Uh, Deuteronomy 32, that uh, one will be a thousand, two will take uh, 10,000 to flight. In Leviticus 12, 8, that five chases a hundred, ten chases ten thousand. And so there's the power and strength in partnership. We see able to get more accomplished and reach more people. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 says, the better the or, or two is better than one, better the re- reward for the labor. So if two churches or two ministry comes together, that's better than one because more work can get done and more of the gospel can go out and more people we can reach. Uh, some things are just too complex to do alone. And so when you, God gives you a big vision and you ask, how can that we accomplish that? Maybe he gave you that big vision so that you can uh, be willing to go out and partner with somebody else to help bring that vision uh, to, to fruition. Uh, large churches can be a blessing and encouragement to smaller churches. Ecclesiastes 4.10, again, it says uh, to, raise, uh, to raise up each other or to keep each other warm. And so, uh, you know, if, if you're a, a mega church or a large church listening to this radio and podcast, uh, you can be a blessing you can raise up and be a blessing to a smaller church or a smaller ministry uh, by the power of partnership. And so the, another fruit would be shows the world the unity of the church. Uh, you look at John 17. John 17, that is actually Jesus' real prayer. Uh, and so and Jesus prayed in John 17 that you, the world would know by your love for one another, by your unity. And so the world sees the conflict between denominations and see the conflict between uh, races and things like that and the conflict between uh, those who, who has and those who has nots and stuff. But Jesus said, when you come together in fellowship and quantity and you partner and you share one another, then the world will truly know your love and the love of Jesus Christ. And so... Uh, if no other reason, uh, it is to show the unity of the church and the love of Jesus Christ. The other thing is good stewardship resources. The business world called this synergy. Uh, Ecclesiastes 4.12, with two would withstand and three would not so easily broken. And so, um, and so there's, a, there's a good uh, stewardship and resources that we, we, we can come together and work with one another and so uh, the other thing is able to get more volunteers involved and so if you only have a few volunteers or you have a big project and things like that then uh, you need to go out and, and talk to somebody talk to another church and say hey we're having this event taking place and you we need volunteers and stuff and so it will help get other people involved into whatever event or outreach you may have and the last thing is it helps church members to see the need of the harvest. It helps church members see the need of a harvest. Uh, that Christmas party that we were talking about, that led, uh, after three or four years at the elementary school, that led to a Christmas party being held on the campus of uh, um, Neighborhood Ministries in, in Central Phoenix. And so, again, we had partnership with Neighborhood Ministries, Scottsdale Bible, and some other churches 
And so again, we were there to provide fry bread. And as those children and families that came in to that uh, Christmas party, they literally came in by the hundreds into those gates to that Christmas party and to hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and all that was taking place. And we, we, we made so many fry breads that night, I, I can't even count how much. But uh, one of my leaders and laborers said this, seeing this, I see, I, after seeing all these people come through the gates, now I know what Jesus was talking about, praying for laborers for the harvest is ripe. And so when you are able to partnership with bigger churches or other ministries, you're not, your, your leaders and your people in your church are not just seeing a small thing, but they can see a big thing and they can see how big the harvest is that is willing to come into that program or that outreach or that project or whatever it may be that you're partnership with because more than just one church, more than just one ministry is willing to do it, but many came together and they can see bring in lots more people and lots more uh, souls to be saved, souls to be touched, souls to be delivered. And your people actually will say, I see what Jesus was saying, pray for laborers for the harvest is right. So I challenge, I close tonight and I challenge you with this is that have a heart transplant. Let your mind become intentional, not just to have fellowship around food and communion, but have fellowship or koinonia way Jesus and God meant to have it. Be willing to go out in a partnership, willing to go out and share, and willing to go out with other ministries, other denominations, other churches, uh, cross your boundaries and come together in unity as a church, as one, so we can see many souls to be saved and many people will be touched by God and his love because of the unity of the church. God bless you. I pray for you and have a great week. If you're a pastor or a Christian leader and are interested in being interviewed in this program, please email me at fcoprogram at gmail.com. Si usted es un pastor o líder cristiano y está interesado en ser entrevistado en este programa, por favor envíeme un correo electrónico a fcoprogram.gmail.com. If you are looking for a church in Phoenix, Arizona, I invite you to come to King Jesus Christ Ministry at 3106 North 35th Avenue, Suite 3. Their phone number is 602-688-8888. 602-688-8888. Si estás buscando una iglesia en Phoenix, Arizona, te invito a venir a King Jesus Christ Ministry en 3106 Norte en la Avenida 35, en la Suite 3. El número de teléfono es 602-688-8888. 602-688-8888. You have been listening. 
to the Faith City Outreach with Marina Maria as she interviews Christian pastors and leaders to discuss scriptures and topics affecting the Christian community and to pray for the nations. If you need to contact Marina Maria, please email her at fcoprogram at gmail.com. If you are looking for a Holy Spirited and bilingual church in the Phoenix, Arizona area, I invite you to King Jesus Christ Ministries at 3106 North 35th Avenue, Suite 3, Phoenix, Arizona. The zip code is 85017. The music used in this broadcast is provided courtesy of zapsplat.com. Until next time, Marina wants to remind you from Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.